You're listening to the sermon cast of First Presbyterian Church Spartanburg. To watch the full video of this worship service and to learn more about the ministries of our church, visit us online at fpcspartanburg.org. We hope you enjoy the message. Our second reading comes from the prophet Isaiah. It is a section of Isaiah that is written to a people who are at rock bottom. The audience Isaiah writes to is the Israelite people who have just returned from exile in Babylon. And they are returning to a land that has been laid to waste. They're returning to utter and complete destruction. And so the daily reality of their existence is a dismal one, but also as they look ahead, they face a daunting future, a future that will call upon them to rebuild Jerusalem, to rebuild the temple, indeed to rebuild the entire nation of Judah itself. And so, friends, let us listen now for these words from Isaiah chapter 65 that are written to a people like that. The prophet speaks in the voice of the Lord, saying, For I am about to create new heavens and a new earth. The former things shall not be remembered or come to mind, but be glad and rejoice forever. And what I am creating. For I am about to create Jerusalem as a joy and its people as a delight. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and delight in my people. No more shall the sound of weeping be heard in it or the cry of distress. No more shall there be in it an infant who lives but a few days or an old person who does not live out a lifetime. For one who dies at a hundred years will be considered a youth, the prophet continues, and one who falls short of a hundred will be considered accursed. They shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For like the days of a tree shall the days of my people be, and my chosen shall long enjoy the work of their hands." They shall not labor in vain or bear children for calamity, for they shall be offspring blessed by the Lord and their descendants as well. Before they call, I will answer. While they are yet speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox, but the serpent, its food shall be dust. They shall not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, says the Lord. Friends, this too is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Today's sermon is titled, A New Thing, Now. Let us pray. Good and gracious God, we pray that through your spirit, you might indeed do a new thing now. Oh God, send your spirit that it would stir in our hearts in this very breath. 
that through its work, O oh God, the words of my mouth, yes, but also the meditations of all of our hearts gathered here together in your sight would be pleasing and glorifying to you. For you and you alone, O oh God, are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. You know, most days I am about to do many things. I'm about to fold that laundry that's been sitting in front of me for the last hour watching Saturday football. I'm about to blow the leaves off that driveway that are what, now a foot deep. I'm about to read that book that's been on my bedside table for the past year. I'm about to finally throw away those pumpkins that I said a few days after Halloween I would get rid of but are now rotten and mush on the front steps. I'm about to, I'm about to, I'm about to. You can imagine my delight then when I discovered in this reading that I have something in common with the creator of all the cosmos. For here, this passage begins with the Lord saying what? I am about to do a new thing. Every time sirens go by, I think it's worth us pausing to pray silently for those that's going to aid. I'm about to create new heavens and a new earth, the Lord says. Now granted, the stakes here clearly are a good bit higher than leaves or laundry or anything else. So much higher, in fact, that I, for one, am tempted to temporarily at least take the side of that other voice that is often at play in my own heart and in my own home, that voice of wisdom and logic and rational thinking, that voice that says, that's great, you're about to do it, but why not just go ahead and do it now, right? Why not just do it now, God? I mean, the vision that is laid out here in Isaiah 65 is about as close to a vision for utopia as we find in all the scriptures. This land and this time where tears will be dried up, where no one will do harm to another, where thirst and hunger will be vanquished once and for all. It stands in such stark contrast to the world outside these walls, a world that so often seems, seems defined more by what? Ceaseless war, by a disaster of both the human and the natural variety, a world that is defined by bigotry and division, a world that is defined by greed and all of those other detrimental pieces of humanity, right? If ever there is a passage where we are tempted to say, God, I think it's great that you're about to do it, but can we just go ahead and do it now? Can you just go ahead, oh God, and create those new heavens and that new earth right now. I actually went searching for an answer to that question this week. 
And I was surprised to discover that there is, in fact, a good deal of ambiguity around the word that here in our reading is translated about to. In fact, for centuries, academics and religious scholars have debated around the exact tense that Isaiah really intended for that verse 17 to be read as. So when you open a slightly different translation from the one we have in our pews here in church, say the New International Version, you will find that verse 17 is actually rendered as the Lord saying, I will create. The New English translation rather has it, I am ready to create. The King James and its King James-ishness loves to add a little flourish. It says, behold, I create. And then in Eugene Peterson's wonderful paraphrase, the message, he renders these words simply, I am creating. It makes me wonder if the prophet did not intentionally intend for there to be some ambiguity around this this promise of new heavens and a new earth. Makes me wonder if perhaps the prophet here is in fact saying that God will one day create new heavens and new earth. All of those things promised will be brought to bear. But guess what? God is also creating those things now. It's a little like our bulletin cover, if you will. It's almost as if Isaiah is saying the new life represented in this sprig. Yes, one day it will define all of creation. But even now, if you look closely, the prophet says, there it is, pushing up through the the cracks of our lives. Those cracks that are right in front of us. And so the question as we read these verses almost becomes, do we see it? Do we see that new heaven and that new earth right here, right now? Or are we so fixated on it coming one day off in the future that we are blind to the ways that it is pushing up through those cracks in the present? I have a friend named Tim And Tim absolutely hates to run, hates it. One day, a few years ago, though, a friend of Tim's convinced him to run the Peachtree Road Race. You all know that. It's a Georgia thing, I think, mainly. July 4th, Buckhead to Midtown Atlanta. It's a big to-do. They've done it forever. Well, one day, or one year, rather, a friend convinced Tim to run the Peachtree Road Race, And afterwards, he was convinced even more how much he hates running. He did not enjoy a single step of the Peachtree Road Race. There was a young woman in his congregation, though, who was now wheelchair-bound. She suffered from ALS. But before that diagnosis, she had been an avid runner. And one of her absolute favorite things to do each year was to run the Peachtree Road Race. And she asked Tim one time, she said, Tim, have you ever run the Peachtree Road Race? And Tim said, yeah, I've run it. I hated it. I'm never going to do it again. And she said, oh, but, but Tim, with wistfulness and joy in her voice as she recalled all of those races she had run, she said, oh, but Tim, Tim, do you remember? 
Do you remember the big American flag that hangs right over the start line? And Tim said, no, I don't remember that. He said, oh, but Tim, Tim, do you remember the, the firefighters who, who run the whole race in full gear, right? Mask and tank and all. Do you see them? Do you remember them? Tim said, no. No, I don't remember that. He said, Tim, uh, do you remember the group of people that are always right there at the top of Cardiac Hill handing out beer to the runners as they go by? Tim said, no, I don't remember that. Well, surely, Tim, Tim, do you remember that big stage they set up right at the final turn, right on the home stretch to Piedmont Park? You remember that music and how it just gave you that extra boost as you ran for the finish line? Tim said, no, no, I don't remember that. And this woman, she said, oh, Tim, Tim, you missed it. You missed it. And in that moment, Tim realized he had. He had missed it. It makes me wonder how many moments there at rock bottom, the nation of Israel missed it. Missed those places and those people where new life, God's new life, was poking through the cracks. For that matter, I wonder, I wonder how often we miss it. In a few moments, we're going to hear from the leaders of our Winter Warmth project. I went by yesterday morning. It truly is such an incredible ministry of this church. But I'll tell you, spending time there, the main thing you take away, even if you only see one of them, is the smile that breaks across the face of a child who's just selected their very own coat. They picked it and taken it down and put it on even though it was 70 degrees yesterday and zipped it up. A smile breaks across their face and they wear it all the way out the door. Behold, God says, I am creating new heavens and new earth, not just in the future, but right here, right now. Think of a conversation I had this week with a, a church member who was recalling a recent opportunity she had to volunteer at our Thursday meal ministry where we serve unhoused neighbors here in the city of Spartanburg. And she recalled how at the beginning of that evening, the volunteers and the guests, they all prayed for, for the meal that they were about to share. And it was wonderful. The volunteers prayed for the guests and all of that. But she said what she really remembered was later on in the evening, she sat down next to one of those guests who had been served a meal and they were talking and the guest said to her, I'm so grateful for you praying for us tonight. How can I pray for you though? Behold, God says, I am creating new heavens and a new earth here and now. Right, it's the person who stays on the phone with us for hours on end just listening because they know we need someone who will hear us. 
It's the person who has experienced days or weeks or months or years of self-loathing and then has that one moment when they stand in front of the mirror and for the first moment in recent memory, there is peace about the image that comes back. They're at peace for that moment with who they are and where they are. Right, it's, it's the water on the, the head of an infant this morning. It's the person who hits rock bottom and someone tells them, looks them in the eye and tells them it's gonna be okay. And for the first time, they actually believe that it's true. Behold, God says, I'm about to, yes, but even now, I am creating new heavens and a new earth. It's interesting in this text where the prophet paints this beautiful picture for the way that the world will one day be. And friends, the world will one day be as the prophet describes. But what's amazing to me is in the midst of all of these descriptors of that that world that will come to pass, there is but a single command that the Lord speaks. Did you notice that it, it was right near the beginning of our passage where the Lord says to Isaiah's people and to us today, be glad and rejoice in what I am creating. The Lord commands God's people to be glad and rejoice, not in what I'm about to create, but in what I am creating. Friends, one day God will indeed bring the fullness of God's vision for humanity to bear. But in the meantime, we are called as God's people to be glad and to rejoice in what God is doing now. Because all around us, all around us, God's new heaven and new earth, it's poking up through the cracks and through the crevices of each of our lives, but also of our world. And so the question isn't so much, will we one day see it? No, the question for us today is, do you see it? Tim, you missed it. Mm. Friends, may we May we not miss it. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.